Today is May 18th, 2021, and our first story. Even though we're a really long way away from the midterms, predictions are already coming out to suggest the Republicans will take back the House and maybe even the Senate. Policy failures from Democrats, it's not going too well for them and people are already fed up. In our next story, a good guy with a gun prevented a mass shooting. You probably won't hear about this. Why? Because the mass shooter was stopped. But if he wasn't, this would be national news, which goes to show we need to spread these kinds of stories to let people know that when you exercise your rights, you can stop these things. And our last story, conservatives go nuclear against woke capital, launching a $1 million ad campaign targeting companies that want to get political. This is the evolution of get what go broke conservatives are fighting back. Before we get started, leave us a good review if you like the show. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. We are still quite a ways away from the midterm elections. For the time being, Democrats control a decent amount of power in U.S. government, but things are pretty bad. You know, you'd think escalating gas prices, the cost of goods and inflation would be bad enough. But now you got to tack on all the articles telling people to eat cicadas because there's in many cities food shortages, chicken and beef. No, we will not eat the bugs, nor will we live in the pod, so saith many people online. Now, I personally don't mind eating bugs, just I think eating cicadas out of the ground is probably a bad idea, so I'd recommend against that. But what do you think regular people are thinking? When they see these stories and they think about the current leadership, they're probably thinking, this time I'll vote for the other guy. Sure, I'm not entirely sure that it's going to help us in the long run, but it does seem like Democrats are in for a very bad 2022. And it's not just because of the creepy failures of the Democrats so far. It's because they already failed at the state level in the past several years. Republicans control state legislatures. Redistricting is happening, and this is going to wipe out some seats in an already bad period for Democrats. They're facing an administrative defeat as well. Of course, the defenders of the Democrats in the media would say it's only because it's a normal process by which whoever is in the White House loses to the other party in the House. Sure, it happened to Trump. Democrats took the House in 2018 and Republicans may reclaim the House in 2020 and maybe even the Senate, which would be a really interesting turn of events. I'm kind of leaning towards it. I know we're a long ways away, but there's a lot going on. I have pulled up on the screen right now a tweet from Glenn Greenwald talking about the collapse of MSNBC's ratings. They can barely muster 150,000 people in the key demo. This matters because if you look at Tucker Carlson, he's doing really, really well. 512,000 compared to Hayes's 176 and Cooper's 241. Conservatives are still in the fray. They've not given up the fight, and they're being joined by disaffected liberals, moderates, and the anti-woke who are fed up with the corruption and the failed policies of these Democrats. I I posted on my Facebook, you know, where are all these Biden voters now that Biden's won? They used to come on my page and post all the time, and they're gone. It was a political drive-by. So what do you think is going to happen in 2022 with no Donald Trump? They're not going to be able to muster the rage to defeat the Republicans. No one's going to care. They're not watching the news. They're not paying attention. They have bowed out of the fight. And as things get back to normal, the Democrats will lose their edge. However, 
Donald Trump has announced the rallies are coming back. Donald Trump is going to be campaigning for many Republicans. And I know a lot of the Trump supporters are very happy about this. That may be exactly what the media needs to muster up a defense for the Democrats so they can try and retain their power come 2022. To be fair, we are a long ways away, as I've stated. But let's take a look at what the media is actually saying, because it would seem the media class from 538 and Politico are saying that Democrats are facing tough times ahead. State losses plague Democrats ahead of redistricting. And 538, who who absolutely tries to be deferential to Democrats, still has to admit Democrats could be in for big losses in the House in 2022. Let's read the story. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com, click the big members only button and sign up to help support my work. In the event that I get banned, this is where my work will be. But it's more than just getting banned. A single strike on YouTube means that I will not be allowed to produce any content on the platform for one whole week. If that were to happen, just one strike. TimCast.com is where you will find our work. And you can go to the members area as a member and get access to a bunch of exclusive content. But you'll also notice on the front page, we got a big old story about Steven Crowder suing YouTube because censorship is real. If you like the work I'm doing, please become a member. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, share the URL, click that link, and then share it on, on social media to help support my work. Let's read this story from 538 first. Will 2022 be a good year for Republicans? Well, my friends, I have given you many videos, which some people have said it's just too much fear. All right. Maybe some optimism. I'm not a big fan of the Republican Party as a whole. As most of you probably know, I think they're fairly trashy, but there's a good amount of people that I like. Thomas Massey's cool. Holly's cool. Cruz is cool. And Rand Paul's probably my favorite. Big fan of Ron Paul back in the day. I don't completely agree with these individuals on policy, but I looked at the Democratic Party as duplicitous and woke. So I'll take what I can get, I suppose. I'm not interested in voting on party lines. I'll vote for people who I think are doing a good job. We'll see how that plays out. But 538 says, from their Sarah Frostenson, we're still more than a year away from the 2022 midterm elections, which means it will be a while before we should take those general election polls too seriously. But with the number of elections underway in 2021, not to mention a number of special elections, it's worth kicking off the conversation around what we do and what we do and don't know about Republicans and Democrats odds headed into the midterms. Let's start big picture. The longstanding conventional wisdom is that midterm elections generally go well for the party that's not in the White House. Case in point, since 1946, the president's party has lost on average 27 House seats. So optimism, the Democrats are going scorched earth. Joe Biden is just doing really, really poorly. We've got inflation, an expanding Middle Eastern conflict. We've got an energy crisis brewing at home. We've got rising prices, a labor shortage. Joe Biden is actually offering up another stimulus package. So we've got the unemployment, paying people not to work, now child tax credit, now more money for people to not work. It's like he wants the place to burn to the ground. Well, they go on to say over at 538, what are our initial thoughts? It's starting. It's the starting assumption that Republicans should have a good year in 20. Is it the starting assumption? It is. I don't know if that's the greatest news in the world. Some people might just be happy that Democrats don't have power. But I will tell you, one of the problems here 
So the Republican Party is the party of sitting around and doing nothing. The Democratic Party is the party of burning things down. Over a long enough period of time, things burn down. You can vote for the Republicans and hope they'll sit there and do nothing, because if the Democrats win, they'll burn things down. Figuratively, of course. I don't think Nancy Pelosi is actually going and burning down houses. But uh, the far left and Antifa are literally going and burning things down. And of course, as you know, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, they support this stuff. Kamala Harris actively solicited donations to bail out the rioters, and so did Biden's staff. So don't tell me that ain't true. It is. With Republicans, the best you get is they say, we just won't do anything. It's not enough. There needs to be fighters to join the Republican Party. And this is why Marjorie Taylor Greene has been doing so well, raising like $3 million. Now, the media will smear her and call her crazy and say the same thing about Donald Trump. But you need to understand why people vote for individuals like MTG and DJT, because they're fighters. It doesn't matter so much what they say. It matters what they do. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham are not fighters. So people are starting to say enough already. Well, let's see some more opinion over at 538. Alex Samuels says 2022 will be the first federal election after the House maps are redrawn. And because Democrats fell short of their 2020 expectations in state legislative races, Republicans have the opportunity to redraw congressional maps that are much more clearly in their favor. On top of that, Republicans are already campaigning on the cost and magnitude of President Biden's policy plans to inspire a backlash from voters. To put it simply, Biden's trash, people are mad, he does not have enough support, and the Republicans control the states for the most part which means they're going to drop the House seats. It's going to favor Republicans. Jeff Skelly says, simply put, as that chart above shows, the expectation is that Democrats as the party in the White House will lose seats in the House. And because Democrats have such a narrow lead in that chamber, that would mean the GOP is favored to take it. Now, because only one third of the Senate is up every two years, it's not a truly national election the way the House is. So the story story there is more complicated. And then everyone just basically agrees. We have uh, Alex says, I think Democrats might find some success campaigning on Biden's accomplishments, accomplishments from his first hundred days, the vaccine rollout, the coronavirus stimulus funding specifically. But that might not be enough to save Democrats from a midterm shellacking. Which brings me to my point from earlier about the drive by the political drive by from people on my Facebook Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Someone did respond and said, I'm still here enjoying, you know, Biden's, you know, vaccine rollout, blah, 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 all these good things. And I'm like, bro, lumber is up 250 to 600 percent. There's a gas shortage in many areas. The prices are skyrocketing to a seven year high. There's an escalating conflict in the Middle East, a labor shortage. Biden is it's all of his policies. He's reopened the Homestead Child Detention Facility and he's expanded the McAllen, Texas facility, literally putting children in dirt. As to those last points, I understand it's tough. I don't know what Joe Biden can do about the the increase in migrants at the border. I do know he is the one who created the pull factor, which encouraged them to come. 
It is his policies. And these people who voted for him should be outraged that he reopened the homestead facility. Nope. Nowhere to be found. Joe Biden offers up 300 bucks a week. He wants to continue the unemployment that the Chamber of Commerce says is causing people not to work. Now we have a labor shortage. It's resulting in more inflation and, and less availability of supplies. Joe Biden then offers up another tax credit to families for kids. I get it. We want to help out families, but shuttering the economy and then shuttering it more isn't going to solve these problems. Certainly, people are not going to be looking at what Joe Biden has done in his first hundred days as accomplishments. The vaccine rollout? Well, far be it from me to say that the propaganda machine isn't effective. There's a lot of people who probably probably believe it's all Joe Biden who had the vaccine rollout. Uh, it was Donald Trump who created Operation Warp Speed. But sure, people will be happy. Most people aren't paying attention. I saw this funny poll recently. YouGov asked Britain if they were woke. 12% said they were, 23 said they weren't, and 59 said, I don't know what woke is. So a lot of people aren't actively paying attention. And that means a lot of people will sit there and be like, eh, things is all right. You know, vaccine rollout's good. Thanks, Biden. Yeah, Donald Trump should be thanked for that. Biden gets credit. He, he, he increased the timeline. He, sp he sped up the timeline. I can respect that. They're going to say Democrats are obviously hoping they can buck the trend and point to exceptions like Republicans gaining seats in 02 as evidence that it's possible. But George W. Bush was very popular in 2002 in the aftermath of 9-11, according to a retrospective 538 average of polls at the time. He had a 62 percent approval rating and 29 percent disapproval rating on Election Day 2002. And in this era of polarization, where presidential approval ratings are stuck in very narrow band, it's hard to imagine Biden ever reaching that level of popularity. Well, first, let's take a look at this. One big advantage Republicans have going into 2022 is controlling the states allows them to draw up where the House seats will be, the districts. And as we can see, state senates, 18 are Democrat. And I'm sorry, this is the breakdown after the 20, 2018 election. 32 chambers are Republican. And then we have this, uh, as of May 3rd, 2021, 1,960 state senators were affiliated with either both parties. The total is updated, yada, yada, you get the point. But it favors Republicans, 3,318 Democrat and 4,000 Republican. We can see here, after the November uh, 18 election, 29 Republican, 19 are Democrat. So, well, I don't know if this is the right graph, but we can see that the Republicans control the large majority after no, uh, November 2020. 61 chambers to 37 chambers and one chamber being split. The Republicans are going to be able to draw these things up to benefit themselves. The other major problem for Biden is that independents disapprove of him. I pulled up civics or civ IQs, however you pronounce it. They have polled 49,159 people. I wouldn't say it's good to take one single poll. Normally I like to use aggregates, but aggregates don't break down by political affiliation. Civics has polled nearly 50,000 people. Check this out. Right now, if we're to look at Biden's approval across the board, it's 47 to 47. 47 approve, 47 disapprove, and 6% neither approve nor disapprove. Well, we can't look at that to determine whether or not the Democrats are going to do well. Let's take a look at what Democrats think of Joe Biden. Hey, look at that 90% approval. How about Republicans? Hey, look at that 91% disapproval. So I'm not super concerned about what Democrats or Republicans think, because we know how they're going to vote. Independent is what matters. 52% of independents disapprove of Joe Biden. And you can see since the inauguration, 
disapproval among independents has been going up. That is bad news for Joe Biden. If we look at the net approval rate for Joe Biden among independents, it is negative 14%. There you go. These people are going to be walking into the voting booth saying, I'll vote for the other side this time. It's unfortunate, but true. That's how things run. But there are fighters this time. So while I can rag on many in the Republican Party, I got to give credit where credit is due. Check this out. Republicans loyal to Donald Trump set fundraising records in first quarter. Lawmakers aligned with ex-U.S. president enjoy bumper donation hall despite corporate pullback. They say the latest filings from the FEC show Republican members of Congress, including Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene, raised millions of dollars in campaign contributions in the first quarter, driven in large part by small dollar donations. Hawley brought in more than $3 million in three months, ending March 31st, compared to some 120000 in the first quarter of last year. Cruz raised $3.6 million, compared to the $1.6 he raised at the same time last year. Neither senator is up for re-election until 2024. So that's really, really good news. At the same time, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the rep from Georgia, who was elected from her congressional committee, who was, who was ejected from her committee assignments in February over her endorsement of conspiracy theories, raised $3.2 million in the first quarter, a staggering sum for a first-term congresswoman. Matt Gates, the Republican congressman from Florida, brought in $1.8 million. Jim Jordan, brought, uh, another, uh, another Trump ally, brought in $2.1 million. Meanwhile, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Trump's former press secretary, who is now running for governor of Arkansas, said she has raised $4.8 million in the first quarter, more than any candidate in the state's history. About three quarters of the donations came from out of state, according to her campaign. Huckabee Sanders was the first politician Trump endorsed through his Save America PAC after he left office. While it's really, really good news, they're raising tons of money. I must go right back to civics and say what matters here is what they're doing. The donations received are the result of bad policies from Democrats, and the Democrats would be raising money if they had something to fight. They don't. They've won barely. Republicans, I think, will come back with a bang because, well, Republicans are paying attention. Conservatives are still upset, and disaffected liberals really dislike wokeness and are willing to take anything to crush it. With negative 14 net approval among independents, the lean is away from Democrats. And now, good news for Republicans. Former President Trump set to visit North Carolina next month as GOP gears up for 2020 midterms. This is really good for, for the Republicans because Donald Trump lights a fire under people. But he could be a double-edged sword because he might be exactly what Democrats need to reject the Republicans. I don't think so, though. Even if Trump steps up and starts campaigning for the Republicans, it's not enough. Trump right now is still he's still emailing everybody and he's not dominating the airwaves because he is not the president, which means the people who like him will listen. And if Trump goes out and says to vote, many of them will, not all of them. In 2018, Republicans lost the House because Trump supporters did not go out and vote. I'm sure they regretted it because that was one of the biggest that, that was it. I think 2018 was when Trump really started going down because when the Democrats came in and did impeachment and wasted time and obstructed, there you go. Trump was un- unable to make the moves he needed to make. Granted, he had establishment rhinos, Republicans, who were blocking him as well, but this really hurt him after the midterms. 
if Trump supporters just took action in the midterms, Trump would probably have gotten reelected, in my opinion. But hey, this is what happens. So Trump is going to be coming out. He's going to be boosting many of these Republicans who are already favored to win, many who are already raking in the big bucks. I think it's a reason for many Republicans to be optimistic. I'm not too optimistic because I don't think the GOP is going to do much to change anything. But if they can get the House and the Senate, this will be big. Now, you still got to deal with vetoes, I suppose, but they can still make some moves and maybe there will be some reforms. I'm not entirely confident. They'd probably have to get, you know, 60 votes in the Senate. There's always the possibility the Republicans take control and then shatter the filibuster. It would come back to haunt them, but it's a possibility. Now, take a look at this. America's urban crime wave threatens Biden. You see, it's not just about Republicans raising money. It's what I was saying. There are things happening that are resulting in Republicans making money. You got a lot of people right now asking why it is that crime is skyrocketing. Why is America dealing with an urban crime wave? Well, urban areas are run by Democrats for the most part. Certainly many of these people understand that and many are leaving and asking these questions. The Financial Times recognizes this saying, close your eyes and you could be back in the crime plagued New York of the late 1980s. Last week's mayoral debate was dominated by how candidates would tackle the city's rising crime rates. Murders in New York rose last year by 43% and are on track to be higher this year than last. The situation is even uglier in Chicago, which is close to its 1974 peak when almost 1,000 people were murdered. Ditto across urban America. There is even speculation about a repeat of the suburban exodus of the late 1960s and 1970s. It would be unfair to blame Joe Biden for any of this, yet as president and leader of the party that controls most U.S. big cities, he will pay a price if it goes on. The question is what he and local leaders can do about it. Nothing. If they could have, they would have, and they don't want to. They're pandering to the woke. We already saw what happened in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, which is basically a part of Minneapolis. After the violent extremists go out and smash up all the windows, they say, okay, fine, we'll get rid of the cops. We'll defund the police. They just did it again. You think getting rid of the cops is going to reduce crime? I'm sorry, it's not true. Now, I will say a lot of the cops are quitting, so I'm much more in favor of the Second Amendment. I think that's what we should rely on, personal responsibility, maybe local militias, and stop relying on all these cops so much. But I'm sorry. Defunding the police, abolishing police, stripping their resources, surprise, surprise, crime is getting worse. I bring you now to the beautiful, beautiful San Francisco where the Chronicle reports out of control, organized crime drives SF shoplifting, closing 17 Walgreens in five years. Imagine you live in a city. You're close to a Walgreens or a Dwayne Reed or whatever, and you go down because you want to get a chocolate milk. You go in for your chocolate milk. Maybe you grab a poor boy sandwich right from the shelf. We'll make a little mayonnaise packet. You walk right up and you get your, you grab it real quick. Maybe you got to go to the pharmacy. Maybe you need some Q-tips. But then crime happens because the city has failed politicians and failed policies. And then you walk downstairs and you're greeted to this boarded up windows and doors with paint on them and you can't get your sandwich. Now you got to go somewhere else. Crime is getting so bad that 17 Walgreens have been closed in five years. And that's incredible. San Francisco is run by Democrats. You know that San Francisco has a poop patrol? If you watch my videos, you know this. Like we got a fire department. We got a police department. San Francisco, they also have a poop department. I'm not exaggerating. Literally, it's a department to go around cleaning up human waste off the streets. 
This is the worst example of oligopoly, oligarchy. The left should be focusing on it and complaining about SF. The problem is they run it. So when they complain about capitalism in the rest of the country, this is what they want to bring you. The Chronicle reports. For years, John Susov walked from his home two blocks to the Walgreens at Bush and Larkin to pick up prescriptions for himself and for his less mobile neighbors to get a new phone card and to snag senior discounts the first Tuesday of the month. That changed in March when the Walgreens ravaged by shoplifting closed. Susov, 77, who sometimes uses a cane, it now goes six blocks for medication and other necessities. It's terrible, he said. On his last visit before the store closed, even beef jerky was behind lock and key. A CVS nearby shuttered in 2019 with similar reports of rampant shoplifting. I don't blame them for closing, he said. Last year, burglaries increased in most San Francisco neighborhoods. Shoplifting decreased under pandemic lockdown and dropped slightly the year before. But incidents are often underreported and have become more violent and brazen, police said. Yeah, well, apparently the police aren't going to be dealing with low level crime. There was a shocking video where people, these three women, are just shoveling makeup into bags. And the people there are like, uh, stop, what do we do? Help, help. And the cops are like, yo, we ain't going to do anything about it. So they just fill up all the cosmetics in their bags and they leave free stuff. The economy is in shambles, man, because you think about this. You think about the people who go into these stores, can steal whatever they want, and get away with it, and then sell this to someone. Why would someone bother buying if it was free in the first place? Then you look at like Dogecoin, which is hilarious, and some 19-year-old kid puts 100 bucks in, and now he's got like 10 grand, and he's going to buy a new car. It's like, what did he even do? He bought Dogecoin. The economy, it's supposed to represent household management, that we do work, we trade our value, but I tell you, things are getting crazy. So people certainly are seeing the explosion in crime. Look at this from ABC News. Rising crime alarms residents and tourists in San Francisco. Well, my friends, it's Democrats. Rising crime takes center stage in New York mayoral race. All of these things are going to cause a surge for the Republicans. So you can say like the like 538 did. Well, the party that's not in the White House loses, you know, or, or I'm sorry, gains seats in the midterms. Maybe it's because of this. Maybe it's because the policy ideas are bad. Maybe it's because historically Democrats and Republicans can't solve the problems. You know, I looked at these urban centers and I have to wonder at what point will people stop voting for Democrats? I'm not telling you to vote for Republicans, vote Green Party or vote Libertarian. But at a certain point, you got to be like, hey, this isn't working. One party rule isn't working. Yeah, well, they keep doing it anyway. One of my favorite lines of the past uh, election election cycles, I'm, I'm sorry, news cycles. Axios says Biden's danger, the great overreaction. I talked about this the other day, but check this out. Look at this line. Some economists fear that all of this spending will crank up inflation and put Biden's economic legacy at risk. What economic legacy? It's been like 100 days and it's been really, really bad. Do you mean risk the bad, the, the, the egg on his face that's already there? No, I think people are going to look at this. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And they're going to look at their options. And unfortunately, many people who don't pay attention just say, I think I'll vote for the other one this time. And that is no way to run a country. I mean, it's still probably better than having Democrats be in charge because Joe Biden certainly just wants to burn the whole place to the ground. Or is he as dumb as he's as dumb as they come? You know, I'd say Biden is dumber than a box of rocks, but I'd be insulting rocks. He's substantially dumber than that. Here we go. Fourth stimulus check. Over 80 lawmakers now support further direct payments to Americans. Are you nuts? All right. Are there some Republicans in here? Look at this. On Monday, six members of the House Ways and Means Committee sent a letter to President Joe Biden urging him to include recurring direct payments in his American Families Plan. The White House hasn't backed a fourth check. OK, good. All right. That's not, what I, that's not on Biden then. Yet pointing to the cost of the relief, uh, yet uh, said the administration would consider a plan put forth by Congress. Most direct payments have support from at least 80 Democrats in Congress, as well as Kamala Harris, who sponsored a bill for recurring payments last year. Although three letters have been sent to the White House since Biden took office, they haven't specified an amount. Ilhan Omar, who spearheaded a letter signed by 56 House Democrats, pushed for $2,000 payments. In Monday's letter, legislators called stimulus checks a lifeline for people who had their lives upended by the pandemic and said it was imperative that relief remains available to ensure aid only ends when the economy improves. The six members of the House Ways and Means Committee advocated for tying direct payments to economic conditions. Quote, the pandemic has served as a stark reminder that families and workers need certainty in a crisis. They deserve to know they can put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. Oh, okay. If you don't make stuff, there's no stuff. The Democrats, in my opinion, are either really, really dumb or they're gleefully burning the whole thing to the ground. Another round of, of, of checks? Another round of checks? Is, it, is this serious? This story is from today, from this morning. We've already heard they're paying people not to work. And because they are, businesses are struggling. It's a chain reaction. You may have heard me tell this story the other day, but we, we, we went to a restaurant on Sunday and they had like two staffers at one restaurant. It took us two hours to get our food. And I think the food was probably bad because we all got sick from it to varying degrees. That's that's where it gets real nightmarish. One line cook struggling to prepare the food and it goes bad. It takes two hours to get. And eventually the cook says, I can't do this on my own. I quit. When you pay people not to work, people don't work. It makes the existing labor much more, much more strenuous. But the amount of money available to the to the individuals isn't enough. Eventually, people just end up quitting. And it creates a chain reaction that destroys the economy. So maybe Joe Biden is purposefully trying to lose in 2022. Or maybe the climate zealots are trying to burn it all to the ground as fast as they can, knowing that Republicans are going to regain control soon, especially once the people realize what their plan was. Remember the yellow vests protests in France when they said, we're going to raise the price of petrol because we're concerned about climate change. And then they rioted for like almost two years. That's 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 reality. You can't just take away people's standard of living. Now, there's things they can do, I guess. Currently, people's standard of living has dropped so dramatically because of the pandemic. Maybe they're hoping that will be enough to sort of make these dramatic changes. But I have to imagine that people will at least try to get something better. That means Republicans will win. Now, as I said, 
I don't think it's a guarantee of things being better. It's just another establishment political party. But at least this one has fighters. You can criticize Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she is not backing down. She is a fighter. Republicans are tired of sitting around and they're finally demanding it. So it's really interesting. The way the political factions are aligned right now have nothing to do with policy. It has to do with whether or not you reject the lies from the mainstream media and the lies from the establishment politicians, which include some Republicans, but mostly Democrats. Well, with Donald Trump, with Marjorie Taylor Greene, you get people pushing back finally. And I think people want that. Whether or not it will make anyone's life better, it probably would because Democrats are just lighting everything on fire. At least with Republicans, they would stop the fire for the time being, but uh, probably there would still be fire. But maybe you can get some, some, some decent policy passed. More importantly, it all has to, it, the most important you know, point here, the most important thing to, to understand is state legislator, le, legislatures matter the most. What we need is for the state governments to start making these changes. Stop worrying about the federal level. Start focusing on what you can do at the state level, because that's one of the biggest mistakes Democrats made. So get more Ron DeSantis types. People should, you know, across the country should follow his lead on a lot of his policies. Constitutional carry should be expanded to many more states. We need social media guarantees and protections. You got to do it. Otherwise, it'll just keep getting bad. But maybe for those of us that pay attention, we're not enough. Maybe it takes the regular people, the independents who don't pay attention to get fed up with how bad things are to vote against someone like Joe Biden and the Democrats. So we'll see how that plays out. In a year or so, we got a long ways to go, and I wasn't so sure if I even wanted to bother talking about politics in this capacity, but uh, here we are. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. There's a few things you probably expect from me if you're watching a lot of my videos. One is media criticism, and in the past year— pretty strong positions on the Second Amendment. As most of you know by now, because you may have heard last year, or let me talk about it recently, Steven Crowder sent me a SIG M400, a beautiful and amazing rifle. Took it to the range this weekend. We had a couple different instructors and everyone was extremely impressed with it. Crowder got me this weapon because I came out and said, it's time to get guns. I can't keep, you know, I've been thrust into this. You start to realize that the dangers of the world and who you can and can't count on. You need to take personal responsibility for your safety. And you should have basic training for firearms because they're real. They exist. So Crowder sent me this weapon. And due to restrictive gun laws in New Jersey, it was basically impossible for me to get. They had to do a bunch of modifications to it. It could only be sent to a certain store. And it was, quite frankly, difficult. Well, it got sent out to West Virginia this time, which is extremely easy for me to get. So there's good news. It would seem that, you know, looking at a lot of the data, Gun rights advocates are actually winning, and the gun control uh, groups are losing. And I have a story here out of Arkansas that you need to share. Armed citizen uses rifle to stop attempted mass shooting. It's very, it's a very simple story. It's a tragic story. It's horrifying. Some people still lost their lives, but it is your basic good guy with a gun saving dozens, if not several dozen individuals. You need to share this story. You know why? When we get a gun control area, and this is why, you know, I I mentioned Crowder sending me the weapon and going to the range because my opinion is dramatically different this year than it was two years ago. When you get these stories about gun-free zones and mass shootings, 
the left basing their knowledge. I shouldn't say the left. Sorry, I, I got to correct that. The leftists really do want guns, not that they want guns for the far right, but they do want guns. It's the establishment Democrat types. They base their information off of movies and video games and have no idea what they're talking about. They then end up passing laws where you will see mass shootings, tragedies, horrifying moments where dozens of people could lose their lives and no one is able to defend themselves or protect themselves. They like to argue that there's no such thing as a good guy with a gun who can actually stop it because it'd be chaos. And that's not true. Now, I know this story is one story. but This is why I say you need to share this. An armed citizen stopped a mass shooting. If this individual wasn't there with the rifle, do you know what the news would be? Chaos, mass tragedy, dozens lose their lives. We must ban guns. And this is the problem of media bias. Because there was an individual who was armed, trained, and able to stop this vicious murderer, they won't report the story. Of course, there are several outlets reporting the story. Don't get me wrong. It won't become the national conversation. The leftists, correcting myself again, the Democrats won't make this a big news story. They won't prop it up. They won't put it on TV. You won't see it on the mainstream networks. And then people won't hear about it. But if this person was not there, I assure you, you would have. And it would be used against you and me and anyone else who wants to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. You know, I was talking with uh, this journalist, Forrest Cooper. He's with Requel Magazine. We had him on the show last night. And we were talking about how suppressors in movies are like pew pew. Not a real thing. But people think it is. So they advocate for the banning of these particular accessories. And it becomes extremely hard, if not prohibitively bureaucratic. It's extremely difficult to actually get one now. It takes like, I think, six to 12 months, depending on who you ask. They become NFA items. Let me read for you the story the story, and talk about what's happening with this armed citizen. But I will tell you this. I have good news across the board. Second Amendment sanctuaries, constitutional carry, gun rights advocates seem to be winning this fight. And as more and more conflict ensues and more and more people go out and buy guns because of the riots, just more victories across the board for those who believe in the right to keep and bear arms. BearingArms.com reports a shooting in Fort Smith, Arkansas, that left an elderly woman dead could have had many more victims, according to neighbors, if an armed citizen hadn't stepped up and put down the killer on Saturday morning. Police say that 87-year-old Lois Hicks was shot and killed in her apartment by 26-year-old Zachary Arnold, who then continued to fire rounds from a rifle at other apartments in the complex on the city's south side, targeting other residents. Neighbors who witnessed the shooting say Arnold was trying to persuade people to come outside of their apartment buildings. He was yelling and screaming, you guys get out here, come out here. Everyone get out of this building right now, says Janie Poe, a resident of the apartment complex. Another resident, Amber Lane, says Lois Hicks and Arnold live in the same building. She says Hicks and another neighbor went outside to console Arnold. But when they saw the gun, they ran back inside their apartments. There were two older women. Both had come out. One of them had ran back in and the other one ran back in, but she didn't close her door. Then he walked in and he did what he did, says Lane. Neighbors say Arnold could open fire on anyone in the apartment building. So they took cover while he continued to shoot into the residences. Some say they are grateful for the one neighbor who stepped in and put an end to the shooting. 
If he didn't do that, who knows how much worse this could have gotten. That neighbor who put an end to the shooting apparently grabbed a rifle of his own and fatally shot Arnold. The police haven't released many details of the incident. While we don't yet know what motivated Arnold to kill his elderly neighbor, it's clear that as resident Amber Lane told local media, there could have been many more victims were it not for the quick response by the armed citizen. This is a horrifying story. Stories like this are always horrifying. I don't want anyone to lose their lives. I don't want this guy, Arnold, to lose his life either. But he was a dangerous individual who was hurting people, literally killing them. And he was stopped. And it is sad. We should never, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to accept these things. But what's the solution to it? Unfortunately, we may have to accept the reality of life in that crazy people sometimes do crazy things and we need to be prepared to stop them. So when I say we shouldn't accept things like this, what I mean to say is we should work towards ways of preventing these things. Unfortunately for us, many of these establishment Democrat types propose laws based on ignorance and they make things worse. There's probably some things we could do to prevent things like this, but we already have background checks. We already uh, on the background checked form, you have to say whether or not you are mentally unfit or do drugs. So it's hard to know what can be done. You know, we have these these celebrities saying, just do something, do something. I'm not sure do something means anything to anyone. And it may be that we don't accept these situations. We need to accept that more people need to be armed. And if these two older women were, then we wouldn't have to say these things are just going to happen because maybe they could have defended themselves. But again, you're not going to see this in the media. They're not going to tell you about this. This is not going to be used as it may be used by some advocates, but it's not going to be put forward in, in policy discussions for the most part. But you know, if this man wasn't there, yeah, it would. It would be every major discussion. It would be the headline news. That's what they'd be saying. And, and that's exactly what Bearing Arms says. Don't expect the national media to give the story the same wall-to-wall coverage it gives other incidents with higher counts. The Washington Post and New York Times won't be editorializing about the need for more armed citizens like they regularly opine about the need for more gun control. Instead, the story will be quickly forgotten by the media. Heck, I can't find any mention whatsoever of the attack in the local paper, though a couple of the Fort Smith television stations had coverage of the shooting over the weekend. The lack of coverage highlights a serious problem within news media. When evil individuals successfully carry out their plans, the press is eager to spread the news far and wide. When a good guy puts a stop to these attacks, the story is relegated to a brief mention on the local news. If we are lucky, a national outlet like ABC News will post a story online while ignoring the story completely on its actual broadcasts. While the media may not be eager to report on defensive gun uses that save numerous lives, you can be sure that the armed citizen is a hero to those in the apartment complex who could have been the next target. People are alive today because someone had the opportunity and the means to stop this attack before Arnold could murder any more of his neighbors, even if the journalists in our midst are loath to acknowledge that fact. And that's why I said for the, for the fifth time now, these stories need to be shared because the media won't do it. Now, they'll report on it. You'll get blurbs. But it's no surprise I go to BearingArms.com to show you the news. It's up to us to make sure that our fellow citizens are informed of the importance of their rights. The Second Amendment. 
I'm probably not going to be able to recite it verbatim, but a, you know, a well-regulated militia being necessary for a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What does it mean to have a well-regulated militia? It doesn't mean government regulated. What does it mean to be a free state? It doesn't mean to stop tyrannical government, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. What does that mean? Very simply, I think it's literal. The people have a right to keep them and bear them, holding them, using them. A lot of these leftists, uh, actual leftists, woke leftists. Now I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm differentiating properly. They'll talk about like the 1619 project. They'll say that police forces are descendants of slave patrols. That's not true. While some are, most aren't. Policing was imported. I believe many European countries started creating centralized law enforcement at the time. Before police in this country, we had local militias. A local militia is what dealt with problems like this. So well-regulated, meaning capable and not necessarily even trained, just means capable. It could be a reference to working firearms. It could be a reference to people who know how to use those firearms. It is not a reference to the government coming in and telling people what they can or can't do. That's the antithesis of the Bill of Rights, restrictions on government. The government can't infringe your right to keep and bear arms. Why would anyone believe they meant the government would have to regulate that militia? So let's talk about what was going on back then. Crime. The local militia would deal with it, which means they needed to be armed. Why? A free state is about more than just tyrannical government. But don't get me wrong. Tyrannical government is a part of this. If the government became tyrannical like it was with the, you know, the empire, the, the British, then people had a right to defend themselves. If local government went rogue, defend themselves. If foreign adversaries invaded a free state requires a well-regulated militia to defend themselves and general enemies, both foreign or domestic, which could include a lunatic attacking people. The militias would deal with it. That's Second Amendment. That's why the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, I'll tell you, there is some good news. Even CNN now has to acknowledge yeah, they're probably losing the gun control debate. And that's why I was so careful to say leftists want guns. Now, Karl Marx said, under no pretext shall arms and ammunition be surrendered. The workers should frustrate this with force if necessary. And so a lot of these leftists are in favor of owning guns. Now, they take your guns away, for sure, the moment they gained power. But hey, I'll take what I can get for the time being, because any group that's advocating for the right to keep and bear arms is good for the rest of us. You need to defend yourself if someone tries to take them away in w- by whatever means is appropriate. And I, I often w- would say we absolutely follow the law for one reason. We're not at the point where we're not, we're, we're, we're not seeing trains, you know, full of people or anything like that. So for the time being, you know, we go through a legal process. And I bring this up because we're winning. We're winning. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a recent convert. I was like, well, you know, gun control, maybe. And here I am like in a photo on my Instagram with a Barrett M82A1 having a good time with some 50 BMG. So you're getting a lot of first time gun buyers. A lot of liberals are switching over and saying, you know what? We got to have a right to defend ourselves. In this story from CNN, they say the fight against gun control has some very surprising new allies. Yeah, no, uh, it's not surprising. You know what they discovered? Minority groups want guns. How is that surprising to me? 
You run news story after news story saying that Asians are under attack, that minority groups are under attack. Give them the guns, okay? I'm not surprised at all. I'd be surprised if they weren't going out and buying guns after all the fear mongering from the mainstream media. CNN Business reports, the once mighty NRA whose bankruptcy bid was shot down by a federal judge has played a much less active role in the current gun control debate. In, in its place, gun rights supporters have found additional political allies. Minority-led pro-Second Amendment groups, such as the National African American Gun Association, you guys are awesome, and the DC Project, a women-centered firearms education organization, also awesome. Don't forget Maj Touré and Black Guns Matter. Excellent work, Maj. Republicans have invited leaders from these groups to speak on Capitol Hill to counter emotional testimony from the families of gun violence victims by Democrats. Firearms trade groups have also built inroads with leaders from the Pink Pistols, an LGBTQ gun group, awesome group guys, and Asian American and Pacific Islander gun owners, which formed in March amidst a a surge in anti-Asian hate crimes. Absolutely tremendous respect to all of those groups. While we may disagree on, you know, critical race theory or whatever, we can all come to an agreement that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is good news. Republicans have a diverse group of many leftists, minorities, LGBTQ groups, and just general constitutionalists who are exercising their rights and saying, F you, no, to government restrictions. Check this out over the AP. Second Amendment sanctuaries facing their first court test in Oregon. Okay, okay, sure. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We'll see what happens, but there are many states. 1,200 local governments have adopted Second Amendment sanctuaries where they inform local law enforcement you cannot enforce federal restrictions. Good news. So I decided to look up constitutional carry. You see, where I live, we're in an area where this production and everything is actually between three different states, almost four, because you've got Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia all extremely close to each other. West Virginia is constitutional carry. You can walk out of your house and just carry all your guns. And the worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to ask you about them and waste your time. Um, A cop might stop you and ask you any particular reason you're carrying like 12 weapons and be suspicious for sure, but you have a right to do it. So if the Black Panthers want to march around in any city, as far as I'm concerned, I think that's fantastic. I think they should. Now, leftists who want to march around with guns, I'm okay with. But importantly, when they start blocking streets, aiming those weapons at, at, at people, smashing out windows, no, that's, that's crossing the line. And now I think you should be disarmed, at least momentarily, because you've, you're committing crimes. And through due process, you can have your guns taken away. Out, out in West Virginia, constitutional carry, relatively new, which is surprising to me because I assume places like Texas was, was, you know, and, and West Virginia were going to be just, you know, gun places. You get that family guy joke where Brian, the dog, he goes to a liquor store and he buys a bottle of whiskey and the guy goes, here's your whiskey and your gun. And he's like, my my gun. He's like, that's right. State law. You buy whiskey, you get a gun. People think that's what Texas is like. And it's hilarious that it's not. 
I recently learned, and I'm, I don't know if this is true, you guys can fact check me on this one, that uh, Texas, they're just now passing constitutional carry. Before this, you had to go and, and, and take a, like a, a, a course to prove you could use the weapon properly. That to me is, is, is amazing because you got a lot of places where you don't got to do that. Let me show you something. Not only do we have Second Amendment sanctuaries, I pulled up constitutional carry over on Wikipedia and I saw this little, little graphic right here. In 1986, most states were no issue for concealed carry. Then they started, many states started becoming shall issue, turning blue. This means maybe that, oh, I'm sorry, shall issue means they have to give you. May issue is yellow, means they're probably not going to give you the weapons. Or I'm sorry, the permit. Here's what's interesting, though. Unrestricted. In 2007, 2008, 2009, we start to see, in 2010, the emergence of unrestricted concealed carry. One by one, over the past decade, more and more states have been adopting constitutional carry. And in 2021, this is the craziest thing. In 1986, most states were no issue for concealed carry. And now, as of 2021, you have a large portion that are shall issue, meaning they can be prohibitively restrictive. It can be annoying, but they're going to give you your permit. Or how about this? On the screen, all of the green is constitutional carry. Oh, you love to see it. You got West Virginia, you got Iowa, you got you got all these states, Idaho, constitutional carry. Now, Texas right now is still list, uh, listed as shall issue, but constitutional carry means you ain't got to do anything. You walk right out, you have your weapon. Now, I think everybody should get training. I think people should be responsible. And there is firearm insurance that a lot of people I know get. It's very smart to have. It's not mandatory, though. It's not expensive, and they cover your costs in the event that you need to use your weapon within certain restrictions. But I just think it's, it's beautiful to see more and more of this country is becoming pro-gun rights. Isn't that fascinating? May issue. Maryland may issue. Look at, uh, look at New Jersey. New Jersey is may issue, no issue in practice. I lived in New Jersey for a little while, and I, I asked, how do I get a gun and then be able to keep it on my person to protect myself. Well, I'm a particularly high-profile individual. We do, uh, we, we're running a, a decently-sized business. It's a small business, but we're growing. And so we handle uh, decently large transactions sometimes. I got to go to the bank. I got to protect myself. People can find out where I live easily. I was told basically by everyone, never going to happen. It is no issue in practice. They call it May issue, but legally, they will just deny you at every turn. You need to have a justification as to why you want the weapon. You've got to, you know, oh, I'm going to say everything I said. And then they'll say, we just don't think you actually need it. In Maryland, we're at this intersection now. They say you need a legitimate reason. It is May issue, though. I was told by many people that basically if, you, if I were to tell them what I just said, high profile business, large transactions, you got to go get your you know, handgun qualifying license or whatever. Then you'd have to go get fingerprinted. It's an arduous process. And they'll, they'll give you a concealed carry, which you can then use. But look at all these shall issue states. It's still a bit prohibitive and annoying because you've got to go through a process. But it's not that bad in most of these states. You know, Pennsylvania is actually pretty good. All that green, all that constitutional carry popping up over the past 10 years. You'll love to see it. So, these gun control people, they are, I don't want to say they're the minority. 
because I looked up some polling data and it's pretty split. Younger people tend to favor gun control laws. That's a problem moving forward because if people don't re- re- reject that, it could get you know, restrictive. 18 to 34 year olds voting for gun control is dumb. However, I think once people are responsible more for themselves, living on their own, paying their bills, and they start thinking, I'm not going to rely on the police. If you want to abolish the police, you probably want to get a gun. So I think it's good news across the board. I'm sad about this story. The, the opening story I reported on, I'm, I wish people didn't lose their lives. I'm sad this man did these things. I'm sad he, that he was stopped in the way that he was. But life is not candy canes and, and rainbows. It's not magic and foofy pillows and pastel rooms with beanbag chairs. Sometimes people do bad things. And whether with a gun or anything else, it's just, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's life. I was talking recently with, uh, uh, with Forrest over at Re- from Recoil about directed energy weapons. The reality is it's really easy to break and to hurt. So I think you need to have the ability to defend yourself. And that includes body armor, too, and training and understanding how this stuff works and what you need to do and to be safe. It also means you need to understand when you're in your home, what kind of weapon is appropriate for you. If you're in a city that allows it, you might want frangible, hollow point, something like that that won't overpenetrate. You might want birdshot. Take it from Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle says birdshot, birdshot, buckshot, birdshot or whatever, right? The first are just a warning shots, pepper them up a little bit, and then you get serious. But I think don't take advice from me on this stuff. Talk to instructors, talk to uh, security, you know, individuals, talk to your local police department to figure out what's legal and appropriate for you. But you, you should defend yourself. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. I was scrolling through Twitter, doing my normal thing, reading the news when I came across a video that looked like a political attack ad. The only thing was it was about Nike. It showed Colin Kaepernick and it was talking about Chinese slave labor and stuff like that. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. What, what is this? Who, who is this targeting? Then I realized it's targeting Nike. And I, I wait, wait, wait. Someone made a political hit campaign against a corporation. I, I don't know if they've done that in the past, if that's a normal thing. But uh, I, I had not seen something like this or really thought about it. So I looked into it. And sure enough, Conservatives are fighting back in a very, very clever way. CNBC reports conservative group launches ad campaign against woke capitalism, targeting CEOs by name. They say the ads criticize American Airlines CEO Doug Parker for his high pay at a time of layoffs and taxpayer bailouts for the industry. Rather populist issue. Wouldn't say it's overtly conservative. They target Coca-Cola CEO James Quincy over obesity in America. Okay, well, I don't know, the body positivity people might get mad about that one. And they criticize Nike CEO John Donahoe over allegations of forced labor in China. They say the decision to weigh in on political issues is a fraught one for American CEOs who generally prefer to avoid fights that could alienate a large chunk of customers. My friends, get woke, go broke has just evolved to the next level. You see, there's a period where get woke, go broke, which is, again, I always say this, it's not a law, right? It's not a guarantee. Sometimes getting woke makes people money because, you know, the woke virtue signal people will go and spend money on it. But it refers to the specific incidents when getting woke costs them money. Now, early on, this just referred to a company makes a dumb video game with dumb woke stuff in it. People don't buy it and they lose money. And then they're like, oh, man, we lost money. That sucks. A lot of companies don't want to alienate their customer base. A lot of companies are too stupid and do it anyway. 
These companies have all engaged in politics. Now they're being targeted by the next evolution. You see, it's one thing if you put in an ad, right? And you're like, hey, I sell Coke, but it's feminist Coke. And then conservatives don't want to buy it. And you're like, well, at least I got, you know, profits from these from from the feminists. The next evolution is actively fighting back. Now, a conservative group is launching what I believe, I believe it's a seven figure ad campaign, which will not only see them lose sales from conservatives, but they're going to add insult to injury by making sure they cause as much PR damage as possible. Let me tell you a quick story before I read this. There's somebody I know is decently high profile, excuse me. And they were telling me a story. I'll, I'll leave them nameless as their private business, but they're telling me a story about they were dealing with a problem with a company. And so they said to them, whatever it costs you to fix this problem, I am going to cost you a thousandfold more in bad PR. Well, they knew who this person was. Sure enough, someone comes back on the phone a few minutes later and says the problem has been resolved. These companies know they want to do an ad campaign, right? Coca-Cola is like, we want people buying soda. Let me just pause real quick and say, don't drink soda. You know, you might see me drink. I have RC and Surge here. Those are fun and funny. I try to reduce the amount of soda that we drink here. We got these fun little Japanese sodas. They're lower sugar, but don't drink soda. It's bad for you. Coca-Cola knows they're going to spend, what, a billion dollars in ads, right? Okay. That means they're losing this money because not uh, when, when people do, when these conservatives are launching these ad campaigns, because not only are they having to spend money for positive PR, the uniqueness and the political posturing of the negative campaign is probably going to generate more buzz than a commercial. You see a commercial comes on TV and it's like a guy and he's like walking down the street and he cracks open a can of Coke and he's like, mmm, Coca-Cola and he drinks it. And that's it. They're trying to sell you one. It tastes great. And so what ends up happening is you get these anti-commercials, these conservative political commercials, which actually go into great detail, showing a lot more information about what Coke is doing probably causing a lot more damage from a PR standpoint. This is some of the most brilliant counter, one of the most brilliant counterattacks I've seen in the culture war, stepping it up in a powerful way that makes sense and is within the wheelhouse and capabilities of many of these conservatives, political attack ads on corporations. Let's see how long they want to stay in the political game. You enter the political fray, you're fair game in a political way. Here's the story from CNBC. They say, A conservative group is launching an advertising campaign Tuesday designed to push back against what it sees as woke capitalism, spending more than one million dollars on ads targeting the CEOs of Coke, American Airlines and Nike. The ads are sharply critical of the CEOs on a range of issues ranging from childhood obesity to allegations of forced labor in China. Organizers say the campaign, which is being mounted by the conservative group Consumers Research, is designed to change the thinking in corporate boards around the economic and political costs of getting involved in flashpoint issues such as voting rights. Quote, increasingly, we're seeing companies taking their eye off the ball, said William Hild, executive director of Community uh, Consumers Research. Our focus is always on the consumer, and that's what it should be for these companies as well. But increasingly, we're seeing them try to curry favor with woke politicians rather than focusing on serving their their consumers. The dark money group says it will not disclose who is financing the campaign, saying it respects donors' privacy. Consumers Research says it will run the ads on CNBC, Fox Business, and local stations in the cities where the companies are headquartered. There will also be an online component to the campaign. 
replete with ominous videos of the CEOs and casting them very much like opposition candidates in a political campaign. The ads target the company's CEOs by name. The ads criticize American Airlines CEO Doug Parker. So we, we read this getting a, getting a high pay during layoffs and taxpayer bailouts for the industry. Where's the left on this one? I'm sure they all agree that's bad. Let's slam the guy. Let's criticize him. You want to play politics? We'll play politics. They go after CEO of Coke, James Quincy, for obesity in America. Coca-Cola is awful. <laughs> Just don't drink it. And they criticize Nike CEO John Donahoe over allegations of forced labor in China. Asked for a comment on the new campaign. American Airlines referred CNBC to its statement in April on its involvement in the Texas voting rights dispute. Quote, as a Texas-based business, we must stand up for the rights of our team members and customers who call Texas home and honor the sacrifices made by generations of Americans to protect and expand the right to vote. All right. All right. That's it. You know what? I, I, I have an American. I, I have uh, uh, I use American Airlines. I am going to send them some distasteful words because I, I'm disgusted by this. I don't want you to be involved in whatever the stupid trash you're, you're peddling is American Airlines. And so I'm going to terminate services. I'm going to I'm going to look into this immediately afterwards and, and do what I have to do to to uh, terminate services, because if they want to play politics, I can play politics back. Coca-Cola and Nike did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't wear Nikes. And and like I mentioned in this house, we drink RC Cola. I haven't heard a lot from them politically. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, Pepsi did that dumb commercial where, you know, what was it? Kylie Jenner or whatever gives the Pepsi to the cop and they all laugh and smile and like everyone got mad about it. Coke, I guess, weighs in on the Georgia thing. So, you know what? We just get RC. Good old RC Cola. I remember growing up as a kid, whenever you would ordered pizza, you'd get a free two liter of RC. And I got to be honest, most people actually like it better. Uh, I, I, I would say never been a big fan of Coke. Just it's too like, I don't know how to describe it. Frothy, syrupy, bleh. I like Pepsi, yeah, but RC really is the best. And maybe it's because where I'm from, that's all we really used to drink. So you know what? Pepsi, Coke, you out of there. We're an RC household now. I'm kidding. I mean, we do have RC. I think it's funny. I was drinking it the other day. But uh, I just generally just don't drink soda, drink water, maybe some coconut water. They say the decision to weigh in on the political issues was a fraught one for American CEOs who generally prefer to avoid, avoid the fights. 50% of those surveyed agreed that CEOs have a responsibility to speak out on important social and political issues and should continue to do so. But another 50% agreed with the statement, CEOs have recently gotten too involved in commenting on social and political issues and need to pull back, writes Murray. More than 80% agree that everything possible should be done to make it easy for every citizen to vote. But countering that belief is a strong desire to stay out of the partisan crossfire and perhaps not be called woke by the editors of the Wall Street Journal. So I have some of these uh, these ads here. Consumers research. Why is American Air appeasing radical politicians to distract from their CEO's $10 million plus payday despite laying off thousands of workers and receiving a multi-billion dollar bailout from the taxpayers in the same year? We're putting them on notice. We got this one. Why is Nike constantly political? To give them cover while they exploit foreign labor in communist China, we are putting them on notice. Why is Coca-Cola Co. attacking Georgia voting law? To distract from the fact that their products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic? Yes. Yes to all of those things. Wonderful. I, uh, I, I, I like it. Now, apparently there's this, uh, uh, I think it's CNBC 
ran a segment where the one guy is just, I don't know this guy's name. He's like, woke capital's here to stay. You can't do nothing about it. I can. I'm not going to buy Coke. I'm not going to buy Nike. And uh, uh, I'm not going to use American Airlines. I've been traveling recently anyway, but the two airlines I've always used have been United and American. American, you're out. And I'll tell you this. That's no, that's no small feat. See, we're actually expanding here over at TimCast.com. So go to TimCast.com, become a member, get access to exclusive segments. But I bring this up not as a promo. We're already in the process of going through pitches to be sending people out to do many documentaries, which means we're going to be buying airline tickets as a business. We ain't going to be buying with American Airlines because when you want to get political, I don't want to get political back. Here's what I mean. If American Airlines wants to come out and say dumb things about politics, well, I don't want to be seen as favoring one faction or the other. Of course, everybody knows, you know, I've got my bias. They've got their bias. We all understand there's a culture war going on. But I'm not going to give money to people who hate me. And I'm not going to be actively seen as engaging in support for any faction in the culture war in capacity that I'd be funding you know, something. As much as I cheer on James O'Keefe and talk about, you know, supporting him because he's suing these, these organizations, I have not donated to Project Veritas. That's me because I'm trying to make sure that we do our thing. We focus on what we're doing. Now, I could donate to a bunch of organizations. Uh, I mostly donate to like people whose pets are sick and they need help. If I have to choose to take to, to, to send a producer, filmmaker or whatever on a plane well, if I put them on American Airlines, I'm basically endorsing their politic, their politics. Nah, I don't want to do that. So we'll just find a different airline. I don't know exactly which airline that will be because all of them still do virtue signal to some degree, but it won't be American Airlines. Sorry, I'm not going to, we're, we're not going to do that here. Okay. So it's just not going to happen. Now, this story from a couple weeks ago is interesting because there's apparently some, a push for some kind of legislation. I don't know what that could be or if it's at all possible. I mean, look, a company can have its free speech. I can just freely not associate with them. In this story from Forbes, get woke, go broke. GOP calls call uh, grow to punish woke businesses with legislation. I'm not sure I feel about that. I'm also not entirely convinced they can even get any legislation through at this point. So don't waste our time. Forbes report Senator Marco Rubio on Monday became the latest Republican lawmaker to advocate legislative action sanctions, sorry, against businesses perceived as too woke or politically left wing as increasingly popular positions among Republicans in Congress as they further embrace populism and diverge culturally with many in the private industry. They go on to say former President Donald Trump's embrace of populism and protectionist trade policies and willingness to publicly attack corporations has contributed to a rift between Republicans and their once loyal private sector allies. A division notably demonstrated by the Chamber of Commerce, growingly, uh, growing increasingly favorable to Democrats, despite the pro-business organization's long history of mostly supporting Republicans. Republicans have, in turn, increasingly relied on grassroots donations to fund their campaigns. Critical quote, America's laws should keep our nation's corporations firmly ordered to our national common good, Rubio wrote in his New York Post op-ed. Corporate America eagerly dumps woke, toxic nonsense into our culture, and it's only gotten more destructive with time. These campaigns will be met with the same strength that any other polluter should expect. I'm not talking about political contributions. McConnell, who received among the most corporate PAC money of any Senate candidate, said earlier this month after telling businesses to stay out of politics. Most of them contribute to both sides. 
They have PACs. That's fine. It's legal. It's appropriate. I support that. Chief critic, just mind blowing hypocrisy from the crowd that fought for years to make corporations citizens so they could make First Amendment protect, uh, protected unlimited political contributions. Let me stop right now and call you a moron, Chris Murphy. The Republicans today are clearly not the Republicans of 10 years ago. Political parties change. And the neocons, by which you refer, they joined the Democrats standing next to you. So why don't you look in the mirror or take a look around you at who's supporting your causes and why? Because it was in 2016 when we heard from Vox.com, V-O-X, that the Democratic Party is the party of the establishment wealthy elites. And that's why. The industrialists who are pro-open borders are now on the Democrat side. What to watch for? They say if Republicans listen to Rep. Jim Banks, the chair of the Republican Study Committee, a powerful conservative caucus that contains nearly three quarters of House Republicans, the party will continue to diverge with businesses and embrace Trump's base. In a memo to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy earlier this month, Banks said the GOP is an opportunity to permanently become the party of the working class and said they should embrace voters some Republicans find distasteful. Now, the key facts of the story, just to get you into uh, Marco Rubio's statements, he accused corporate America of flexing its power to humiliate politicians if they dare support traditional values, arguing lawmakers should reconsider corporate tax cuts and employer-friendly labor laws. Okay, I agree with that. If a company wants public money, then they should agree not to engage in politics. Nonprofits, right? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I think 501c3 specifically, they get they're, they're tax exempt. They don't they don't got to pay taxes on this money. And how amazing is that? But they also agree to not do other things like engage in politics. Churches are supposed to be the same. Nonprofits publicly release their what's called a 990. You can see how much money they brought in and they cannot engage in politics. All right. If Coca-Cola wants to get political, then we should not be giving them subsidies and tax breaks. Okay, if you want to be political, you forego any benefit. The government can't infringe your right to speech, but the Constitution doesn't say the government should be giving money away to corporations for their speech. So the government should, okay, if you want to engage in political discourse, then you are, you are not going to be eligible for public benefits. There's no guarantee the government should give you things. Now, maybe that's still an argument, uh, an argument. Many uh, 1A people might disagree with because it still creates a problem in which the government can incentivize certain speech and not others. But I mean any political speech. I guess the challenge then is how do you determine what is or isn't political speech? We've already seen it. Black Lives Matter. It's not political, they say, but a Trump flag is political. Now, nah, Black Lives Matter is political. So there, there is a still a challenge. here. I don't know how you'd enforce any of these laws. I don't know if you can. They say Rubo's fel- Rubio's fellow Floridian, Rick Scott, penned an open letter to woke corporate America last week in which he warned of a day of reckoning if Republicans retake Congress in 2022, vowing to make corporate welfare a thing of the past. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Rubio and Scott both cited Major League Baseball's decision to put an all-star game from Georgia to poll 
to protest the state's new election law that Democrats have alleged will lead to increased suppression. Republicans in both chambers have moved to strip the major league, the MLB, Major League Baseball, of an antitrust exemption it enjoys explicitly in retaliation for the pulled gain. With Rep. Jim Jordan, one of the bill's co-sponsors, tweeting, big corporations, get woke, go broke. Senate Minority Leader, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell reacted to, to the MLB development by warning of serious consequences for businesses that act as a woke parallel government. And he even told CEOs to stay out of politics, though he walked back the latter comments a little bit. I do not like this Mitch McConnell guy. I do not think any of them are actually fighting for any of us. So in the end, I don't care about Republican politicians. But this Consumers Research Group act is actively fighting back and spending big bucks to do it. Now that is where you got to go. Culture. You see, these Republican lawmakers will only do what they're pressured to do. So they'll sit around on their hands. They'll high five Kamala Harris. They'll say, oh, you know, free speech as soon as they lose control of the Senate and the House and the presidency. They did nothing in 2016. They supported lies against Donald Trump like Russiagate garbage. And now here they are acting like anyone believes they'll really fight for them. Shut up. The Republican Party is garbage. There's a small handful of good Republicans who ran as Republicans and won. Thomas Massey's cool. Rand Paul's cool. Holly's cool. Ted Cruz is all right. Ted Cruz is cool. And they're not, not all perfect. Big fan of Rand Paul and Ron Paul over here. Ron's retired, obviously. Now, the Republican Party, for the most part, does nothing. The Democrats just line up and watch it all burn to the ground. But I like what this group is doing. I like, I like these videos going after, going after Nike. They say, serve your customers, not woke politicians. I completely agree. They opened this ad with Colin Kaepernick. Why is Nike running political ads? Why is Nike signing a a deal with a guy who doesn't even play football anymore? You're allowed to do it. I'm not interested in supporting and giving money to people who hate me. So there was a period before where I was like, I don't care about these boycotts. I, you know, if a company wants to be political, if they provide a service. And then you realize there's very serious problems in these companies lobbying for psychotic policies. So in the past, I've cut off different companies when they do ridiculous things. Then when they backpedal, well, then I sign back up. You know, Hulu did some woke cultural appropriation Halloween message, terminated immediately. They apologized. I think, I don't know if they, they apologized, but they, I'm pretty sure they deleted the tweet. Companies should like, look, if you sell Coke, you should be like, our soda is delicious. Drink it. Thank you. And have a nice day. But for some reason, Coke is like, how can we sell more Coke? I know you're an evil racist. You're all racist. Voting laws. Bleh. OK, well, I, I, I don't know much about your soda, but apparently you have a division that cares about voting laws. So, OK, uh, I'm going to go buy sodas, which is apparently not what your company does. Imagine if you went to like the mall. And there was like a 24 pack of Democrat and you were like, it's a it's 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 soda. Um, Should I trust it's going to taste good? Because the primary function of it is to win elections, not make drinks. You know what I mean? Imagine there's a guy who's like, I'm a political consultant, but I will try to fix your toilet. You'd be like, I just I'll hire a plumber. You know, why would I hire the Democratic Party to fix my toilet? I'm sure someone knows some stuff there. How about I just call a a, a, a plumber to come and do it? So how about this? I'm looking at which sodas to buy. I see one company that specializes in making soda, RC Cola, and another company that specializes in stupid woke pandering. Okay, well, I'm not going to hire someone to do woke pandering and then hand me a Coke. I'm going to hire the company 
to make RC Cola and hand me an RC Cola. I don't know if RC is actually not woke. I have no idea. But we did buy some. Whatever. You get the point. This is brilliant, brilliant work from Consumers Research. So I dig it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.